Free Podcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I am your co host, Lucia Julio. And I'm Janet. And we're still in Calgary in the same room. And today we are very excited because we have a very special guest with us. We love guests. Uh, we have Tony from Flix X Raid. Hello. How's it going? Great. Hi, hi, Tony. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Today we will be talking about the movie Gone Girl. This was. I guess technically my pick, but um, I was really struggling to find a movie. And when Janet recommended this one, I jumped on it because I did not like the casting of this movie. I had read the book and I loved it. And when the movie was coming out and I found out that Ben Affleck was going to be in it, I was very upset. (laughs) Yeah, same here. Uh, I think that this was a book that we both really loved Mm -hmm. and we felt that perhaps the casting could have been a bit better. It was maybe not what we expected. Absolutely. How about you, Tony? Had you read the book? I didn't read the book. However, I'm not a fan of Ben Affleck. So no matter what, I'm usually like disappointed in movie season. He's not my Batman, that's for sure. <laughs> Tony, you're one of our people now. <laughs> <laughs> this is a no Ben Affleck room. <laughs> the only roles I like him in is like cameo roles in like Kevin Smith stuff. That's about it. Do you think he's better as a director? I think he does do a lot better as a director. Argo was really good. And um, he also, I believe, directed The Town. Right. Which was also very good. But The Town is the only time I've actually seen him shine as an actor. Mm -hmm. And same with, like, Goodwill Hunting. He doesn't do a great job, but Goodwill Hunting, he's, like, a secondary character, right? Yeah. It's just one of those. I think that that is where his strength lies, for sure, is is directing. I think he should just stick with that. Yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Today, Janet said to me that Ben Affleck is the definition <laughs> of a mediocre white man <laughs> who's successful. <laughs> he, to me, he's someone who he has become very successful and he's not necessarily like skilled. Like he's certainly not the best actor in the room, but he's become wildly successful. He's a household name and I could never figure out why. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, then we're all on the same page on (laughs) that. (laughs) So the box office? So we want to talk box office? Okay, so the budget on this was $61 And I couldn't believe the box office. It made $360 million worldwide. Wow. That's incredible. Like, I had no idea that it had been this successful. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that it did that well either. Holy cow. That's... (laughs) shit ton of money that doesn't surprise me because i think it also plays on two uh, demographics so i'm not actually too shocked by they did that well uh the two demographics being uh thrillers because there's so many people who love thrillers right but then it's also a um book to movie and books to movie usually actually have a higher success rate because they already have an audience exactly like they have that built in fan base already and it doesn't hurt that they were able to get names like ben affleck and neil patrick harris of course yeah did you see this in the movie theater i did not no there was no way they were getting my money (laughs) (laughs) no I was not happy with the casting, so I thought, no, I'm going to pass on this. There's no way. Yeah. Did you see this in the movie theater? No, I don't. uh, I don't normally. (laughs) I don't go to the theaters often, personally. Sitting in a dark room full of strangers, kind of (laughs) weird. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Good it's one. pretty much what it is, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It is. <laughs> I only ever go to showings at like 10 a.m. on like the weekends. Oh, okay. Nice. There's like okay. 10 people there. It's still kind of weird, <laughs> but morning, you know. The morning showings. That's okay. when the real weirdos show up. Exactly, <laughs> right? Like that's when I show up. <laughs> okay. Um, the synopsis for this movie is uh, a husband and wife have a normal life until one day when his wife disappears. During the course of the investigation, the case gets murkier and the husband becomes the prime suspect. So yeah, that, that sums <laughs> it up perfectly without it. spoiling anything. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> Speaking of spoilers, when I read the book, I got it super spoiled because I knew nothing about it. And um, I was a few chapters in and then I read the book jacket. And can I just tell you guys what was written on this book jacket? Gone Girl is one of the best and most frightening portraits of psychopathy I've ever read. Nick and Amy manipulate each other with savage, merciless, and often darkly with dexterity. Um, if you haven't got to the point where you realize that uh, Amy is still alive and did this all herself, <laughs> that ruins it completely. Like, that tells spoiler. you. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. So, yeah, it was completely spoiled for me, and I knew what was going on yeah. very early on, but not yeah, through my own on. brain. <laughs> what was that? What's going on in here? Uh, I will say this about the movie. I think they did a beautiful adaptation compared to a lot of like book to movie adaptations that I've seen. I think that it flowed really nicely. Um, I think they they did it very, very well the way I was never confused watching it in terms of the story, like the way they they flipped from present to past. I thought they did that exceptionally well. But Gillian Flynn also wrote the screenplay, so. Yeah. All right, yeah, so question. You guys both read the book then? Yes. Okay, yes. so is there anything that's in the book that's missing? As someone who's not read the book, you know, is there anything predominant? Like uh, one of my favorite movie to, like, book-to-movie translations, Fight Club. But one thing that they don't talk about is um, Helen Bone Carter's character has cancer, and that's never brought up okay. in the film, but it's a big part of the book. Oh, wow. There's nothing that really sort of stands out. What I found about the movie was that the movie really seems to tell the story more from Nick's perspective. Whereas in the book, I feel that you get more of a focus on Amy in a sense. Okay. But even in the book, it does start off being told from Nick's perspective because it is him just finding out that his wife is missing and the audience and Nick don't know what happened. Right. And then it switches over to Amy's diary. Right. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fair. I'm not going to lie. Like the spoiler thing is funny. You talk about that because so when I first watched it, I didn't get it fully through before I had something come up and I had to uh, leave and come back to it like a couple days later. But I got just past the point of the riverboat uh, casino where uh, Neil Patrick Harris kind of comes back into the picture, right? Yeah. yeah. So I hadn't seen his character kind of come out yet. and mm-hmm. But I'd seen the spoiler of finding out she was alive. And then going back to rewatch it with my wife, I'm sitting there. And my wife, also the reason we don't go to the theaters, we're both movie talkers. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's sitting there trying to guess what's going on. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. <laughs> but watching it a second time, uh, one thing I found very interesting is knowing that twist and also knowing the twist about the journal being fake. Right. So, like, then there's just a whole bunch of things where it's like, that didn't happen. 
or that didn't happen, right? So it's yeah. like there's a lot of things where as the viewer the first time you're like, oh my god, I can't believe he hit he pushed her and like, you know, that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you've got which, the unreliable. Which narrator. is like very interesting that they're they're doing it in such a way that you ha- think these things are happening, but those things aren't actually happening. Right, yeah. right. Actually that is like the book too. Because at the point where you find out that he that he pushed her, you think it's real. Mm-hmm. It's only later that you find out that it was just her fake journal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's devious. Oof, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll start with the casting, and we will let our esteemed guest go first. All right, so I actually had a hard time. I sat down, and I was like, okay, what are actors who are like Ben Affleck but better? <laughs> that's not hard no it, was, it wasn't it wasn't too hard and i was like okay you should that's have had a long a, list how do i narrow that's this down? a huge list <laughs> right so i was like i was like okay i'm gonna also gonna try to go for actors who are around the same age range so my first thoughts were uh matt damon or jeremy renner okay. to be honest because matt damon and ben affleck are kind of interchangeable <laughs> <laughs> um but then i was like what about john ham or jake gyllenhaal and uh, i eventually settled on jake gyllenhaal mm-hmm. and the reason is because of his sister maggie gyllenhaal who could play margo as well yes <laughs> right that's great i, I thought so maggie as nice. margo I, I just thought i was like oh that's a perfect cast right there i know it's kind of a donnie darko reunion but like yeah right. it just would be one of those he'd be able to pull it off um i don't know if you guys have seen prisoners uh he plays kind of a very similar role in that i know he'd be have the acting chops to actually pull it off Mm-hmm. And I just felt like he would be a solid choice for uh, the main character of Nick Dunn. Cool. Well, um, well played, Tony. I, yes. I thought so, right? I was like, yes. oh, wait, he has a sister. And she also, um, she rocks in Stranger Than Fiction, right? Oh, yeah. She's, she's like my favorite. Well, I love that movie for, and I hate Will Ferrell, but I love that movie. <laughs> but like, she really shines in that role. And I feel yeah. like it's a very similar role to how Mario acts as well, where she's kind of indignant and angry yeah. a lot and it's a very similar character yeah nice i like it me too um and then i had a little bit of a lot harder of a time pegging amy dunn just because the way that that character plays out and like the intensity as well as like the weakness and like just the way that that character has to play it's like there's a lot to that mm-hmm. and so i i came up with a much even, an even longer list for who i would <laughs> who i was like who could fit this okay eventually i kind of narrowed it down to three and again then i narrowed it down from there so my three that i kind of narrowed it down to were natalie portman and hathaway and elizabeth olsen oh right yes now my only thought on elizabeth olsen is she's just a little too young to be paired with jake gyllenhaal sure. which is like because the age range is just a little too far in my opinion i like to have yes. that a little closer otherwise but i think she's a solid actress who could pull it off mm-hmm. yeah yeah but it's just that that age thing i would want someone who's maybe a little bit more in the same age range as jake gyllenhaal right. um so i kind of was like well i think natalie portman would be able to pull it off mostly because of her performance in v for vendetta yeah and the way that she has to act so dynamically in that and i just kind of felt like she would be a better fit than yeah. Uh, and Hathaway would. Yeah, I'm not sure I can picture Anne Hathaway, but I do really like Natalie Portman. Oh. I like Elizabeth Olsen too, but it's a fair point about the age difference. Although my picks have a huge age difference. But anyway, Na- <laughs> Natalie Portman, I I think would be amazing in that role. She yeah. has, she's able to go to those dark places. Like if you saw her in Black Swan, that's yes. what that's what I'm thinking of. That performance that she gave. Yeah, definitely. That was my other kind of go-to, but it's like between Black Swan, V for mm-hmm. Vendetta. 
I know she has the chops to pull off this kind of crazy, like in this level yeah. of crazy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just because it's like, you know, she'd be able to do it. And yeah. she's proved that she's been able to do it before. But she can also do the other side of it where at the beginning you don't know that she's diabolical. <laughs> right. She she has that ability to come off as being super sweet and like all that stuff and then just For sure. flip it on its head. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. And then uh, the last one is Desi Collins played by my uh, my favorite MPH, <laughs> which uh, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I don't know, man. I love him. and things. He's so good. But I thought about it a lot. And then. I was thinking of, and I always pronounce his name wrong, originally uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, I thought he'd be very interesting in that role. Um, But this is before I saw how creepy he was, right? And then I was like, I don't know if he could, I don't know if Daniel could pull it off. He's still a pretty fresh actor, but he doesn't quite have that creepiness to him. Yeah. Because I've seen him in Get Out and Black Panther, but like, I don't think he has quite that edge that like able to walk that line of being like the handsome bachelor, but then the creepy, you know, uh, skin crawly character afterwards. And so I kind of went back and I thought about it a little bit and I struggled with his character more than anything. And I eventually settled on, I don't know if you guys watch Vampire Diaries. No. Yes. Damon, <laughs> played by Ian Somerhandler. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be able to play that like that thin line of mm-hmm. suave and creepy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know and like the character Desi doesn't have a lot of screen time, but what he does is kind of does play that line. And also I was like, I, I picked a couple of <laughs> quite a few big names and I was like, mm-hmm. You know, there's other actors out there and I had to really dig to where could I find someone who can play that that thin line. Yeah, I I could see him doing that. There is a definite creep factor to him for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do right? you, know, you know who it is, right, Lucia? No. Ian Summerhalder? Oh, okay. You're not. I've to... heard the name, but I don't yeah, think I'm I trying know to it think is. of what else he has done. Like Vampire Diaries is definitely what he's known for. It's like his big one. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not much of a film actor. Like, he's, no. okay. yeah, I think he's mostly done like B horror and like mm-hmm. television, but yeah, that's yeah. his like most known role. Yeah, okay, nice. I like your picks. Thank you. Yes. yes. Okay, so I will do my picks now for the Ben Affleck character, Nick Dunn. I thought Sam Rockwell would be a really great option. Um, Sam Rockwell. Okay. Yeah. Now I have seen him. Do okay, for example, in Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I know it's a weird one to bring up, but <laughs> the movie or the TV show? The movie. Okay. Um, you know. <laughs> He's great in Charlie's Angels. He is. And also he shows really opposite sides of his character in that movie. And you know, Nick, you have to be able to believe that he could be a killer, but then you find out that no, he's not really. He's like just kind of weird and aloof and standoffish. And Sam Rockwell can dance. <laughs> Not that Nick Dunn ever dances. No, Maybe I... he would. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what this movie needed more of, was Nick dancing. This, yeah. Right? This needs Sam Rockwell's dance moves. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> yes. And he's just a great actor. So, yeah, yeah I, I just, I really thought that he could play that really nicely. Um, and then for the character of Amy... The first person that I thought of was Olivia Wilde. Oh. Yeah, I really Ooh, I like, like her. She's, I think, really underrated and not used enough. <laughs> she, For anybody listening who might not know who she is, she was in Rush and Tron, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, 
and a movie called Drinking Buddies. I don't know <laughs> if you guys saw that. Yes. I love that movie. She was also in uh, the, it's a Christmas movie, Christmas Holiday Party or whatever. Oh, okay. With TJ Miller and. Um, oh, right. Oh, I can't remember Office his name. Holiday Party or something. Something like that. Like that. It, yeah. The one with Jennifer Aniston, right? Yeah, where yeah. she's the. Uh, the bad boss mm-hmm. and T.J. Miller's sister, technically, yes, I guess. Yes, yes. Okay. And, um, oh, what's his face? The guy who always plays the straight man in comedies. Um, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I pictured her and I thought she'd be really great. And then I did look up everybody's ages afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that Sam Rockwell was 46 at the time of the movie and Olivia Wilde was 30. So there is quite an age difference there. I didn't realize she was that young. Not that she looks old, but mm-hmm. she's mature. So I don't know. I still, even with that age difference, I could kind of picture them together. And I, yeah, I, I feel think like so. it would work. I think it would be believable to audiences. Yeah. yeah. And then for the Desi character, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I, I wanted to find somebody who could walk that very narrow line of like being creepy but seeming sweet. So the person that I landed on was Edward Norton. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've seen him be very creepy in Primal Fear, for example, or yeah. even like American History X. Yeah. So I think that he would definitely be able to do. And like, I like Neil Patrick Harris, but I think he was a very strange choice. Seeing him pop up in this movie, literally, when he comes onto the screen, I'm like, why is he here? <laughs> I have the same thought. And I like Neil Patrick Harris. Like, I think he's great. Uh, Mm -hmm. We were just talking about him today. He was great on How I Met Your Mother, and he's a great musical theater actor. But yeah, same thing. Like when I saw him in this movie, I was like, why is he here? What's going on? Yeah, I can I can understand it. Like NPH is a very dynamic person because it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Beastly, uh, which is not a great film, but he's (laughs) uh, he's fun in it. Um, Beastly's kind of a modern take on Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. And he plays the blind tutor for the <laughs> <Okay>. Beast character. <laughs> okay. You know, he's in that kind of stuff. And then he's also in the uh, series of unfortunate events, yes. right? As right. Count Olaf. Yeah. And so it's like, so as silly as he is, I can see him playing this kind of character. Okay. That and I just have a man crush on NPH because, <laughs> you know, I do more than a man crush. Okay. I, I, I'm That's... in love with that man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We oh, won't, yeah. we won't hold done. that against you. Come on, it's Doogie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I didn't recast Margot. So, um, yeah, those are my three picks. <laughs> nice. Okay. So I went above and beyond. I also even thought <laughs> about it. The sheriff who I recast is that. Amazing. <laughs> the sheriff. I love that. No, you. Wow. You did well. Yeah. Totally. It's time for a quick break from our sponsor. Welcome to our first ad. As I said at the top of the show, repodcasting is now brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. We're so happy to have joined this amazing community of podcasters. Be sure to check out the other terrific shows on the Alberta Podcast Network, such as Assumptions, in which a Christian and an atheist discuss all kinds of topics. But if you're looking for angry fighting, this isn't it. I don't know how they do it, but they manage to have a mostly polite, interesting, proper discourse. Check it out, along with the network's many other amazing podcasts. You can find it all at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And now back to the show. Okay, so I am going to start with my picks. Tony, I also picked Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my God. As nice. Dunn. Yeah, I was like, That's awesome. what? <laughs> yeah, because like I think the one thing that you really get from the the character Nick Dunn, especially in the book, is that he is very charming. 
women find him charming. And then you get that sense in the movie as well. Like the way they're sort of, they keep telling him like, you need to like dial down the charm (laughs) because, you know, he seems like he's not upset enough. Right. So that's why I, I went with Jake Gyllenhaal because he just has that natural sort of charm and charisma that audiences really connect to. He's such a stunning talent. Like he literally can do anything. If you've seen him in enemy prisoners like nightcrawler he's, he's great nightcrawler Oof. yeah uh he he can do anything in my opinion so i went with him i didn't believe ben affleck in this role mm. at all i felt that ben affleck was just playing himself yeah. essentially and you know what's really interesting was they asked david fincher who directed the movie they asked him why he who i love by the way normally like yeah. he's, he's great he usually picks great people right Mm -hmm. he's great and they asked him why he selected ben affleck for this role and it was an interesting answer because he said that he went with ben affleck because he felt that ben affleck had dealt with this sort of thing in his personal life like that scrutiny that public Uh, sort of scrutiny um so he felt that ben affleck could really bring that to the role and it would be an informed performance but my sort of thing with that is well then he's just playing himself essentially hasn't every actor kind of dealt with that scrutiny that's what i was gonna say yeah as long as you pick any big name they'd have dealt with that yeah i thought uh, i'll pick brad pitt then because there's the whole (laughs) jennifer aniston you know yeah i thought the same thing it's like well if you're an actor like that's part of the the package like you're constantly under public scrutiny so i thought that was I don't know, maybe like a weak answer, but yeah, I agree. Essentially, that's what I thought. And he doesn't have the charm. Like you mentioned, the character is supposed to be charming. I I don't get charm off Ben Affleck. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. It's a personal thing, but I like I don't get that charisma. Like I get he has the like the half cock smile, but like that's about it. He just doesn't have that charm. No, not at all. Just smugness. Smart. No charm. Yeah. So that's, I like, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. He can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. So that was why I went with him. Um, so for Amy Dunn, Rosamund Pike, she received tons of accolades for this performance. I mean, she was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress, BAFTA, uh, SAG Award. Like, it was a critically acclaimed performance. And she, I'm not taking anything away. It was solid. Mm-hmm. Like she I was. So. Oh, she I was totally great. agree. Like I, I was like, I have to recast her, but I want to cast her. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with Tony in the sense that this is a really complex character. Like Amy's devious and she does all of like all this crazy stuff, but she's not just crazy. Like when you're reading the book, there's that sense that you almost are in awe of this character, that she's so devious that she pulled this off. Yeah, but she's right? also like so intelligent. She thought of everything. Exactly. Yeah. There's that sense of like, wow, she didn't miss a thing. So for me, like Rosamund Pike's performance, while she definitely like hit those notes of crazy, I almost got the sense that that's what you took away from it, that she's just like this crazy woman and like you don't get the complexities. I kind of felt that she didn't hit all of those notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, like I don't want to take away from the performance because she was awesome. She wasn't Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) But did you find that they had chemistry? No. Uh, No, I can't say that they did. Like I wasn't getting that either. And in the book, that is something that is really prominent. You get the sense that they have this intense 
crazy chemistry and i wasn't getting that from them on screen right yeah. down to the proposal scene like yeah. the way he proposed i was like you fucking smug asshole <laughs> like, yes it, it, it's like it just felt weird it felt really yeah. forced it and just didn't show. mesh yeah, yeah i wasn't feeling it between them that was mm. one of the issues that i had with both of them in the role was that i wasn't feeling that chemistry mm -hmm. um so i selected sienna miller for the role because mm. again i think she is so underrated I feel like she could have hit those those sort of complex notes. Uh, yeah. She could have gone to those sort of darker nooks and crannies. She did a movie with Steve Buscemi. I don't know if either one of you have seen it. It's called Interview. It's an older film. Have you seen Is, it, Tony? Isn't that the one that he directed, Steve Buscemi? Yes. That's the one that um, he, it's, it's the reason he did Escape from L.A. Oh. Um, to, to make money to, to make, make money movie? to make that movie. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he directed it. Basically, it's just the two of them in the oh. movie. He plays a journalist mm -hmm. um, and he goes to interview her. She's an actress. And that's where I think I really was like in awe of her acting abilities. But I think she would have done an amazing job with this role. And I would have loved to have seen the chemistry with her and Jake Gyllenhaal. I want them to do a movie together. I want to see them on screen. I think they would play off each other really well. Or at least I would like to see. <laughs> like, if they do. I would yeah. like to see how that works on screen. I think it would be pretty dynamic. So I chose her. I like that. I think she could, because I agree that I think Rosamund Pike did a good job, but I do like the idea of Sienna Miller. I think she could heighten it just that little bit that it needs. She has a really dynamic screen presence. I feel she's underrated. She's my girl crush, like <laughs> all the way. I felt that amazing Amy, like Rosamund Pike didn't tap into that. Yeah. That was another one, like that scene where she's like talking about how amazing Amy's better than her. It just felt kind of like a cold fish performance at that yes. one scene. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. she does so great during all the rest of it, but it's like that flashback and they're looking at amazing Amy learns cello, amazing Amy made varsity. You know, it's like the way she delivers that, it's not like someone who's being hurt by that or like, it, it was yeah. just so cold. I agree. But like, it just didn't feel to me like to match what she was actually feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. I feel like that partly was because of the way that Ben Affleck and his dynamic with her, like mm -hmm. there was no chemistry there. So it almost didn't feel like she felt like she could be safe with him. Yeah. I think Sienna Miller would have like kicked the shit out of this role. Yeah. Nice. I think she would have done it. Obviously there's some emotional parent damage right there. <laughs> it just doesn't get shown. <laughs> it doesn't get the, like the, the voice it needs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now for Desi Collins. Yeah. He just didn't do it for me. Neil Patrick Harris. Like I love him, but you know, my biggest sort of issue was that he wasn't creepy enough. I felt that he needed to be more of a creep, especially in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, he was way more subtle in the movie than the character in the yeah, book. Yeah, in the book, he's like, he's a creep. Yeah. Like, he like, gives you the heebs. Yeah, you almost understand what she does to him because you see a lot more clearly in the book that, yeah, she kind of is a prisoner. Like, this guy has seen his opportunity and she, unless she kills him like she may be stuck with him forever yeah. yeah so i don't know like for me i wasn't feeling it with neil patrick harris sorry tony that's okay <laughs> uh so i picked peter sarsgaard hmm. do you guys know who he is mm -hmm. yeah uh peter sarsgaard just google his face <laughs> oh my gosh and that's super <laughs> creep i love him i think he's a great actor okay, okay. isn't he um pennywise the new pennywise Oh, yes, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Peter Sarsgaard? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, From Hemlock sure? Grove, right? Yeah, he's he's Jake Gyllenhaal's brother-in-law in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. That. He's the vampire guy from Hemlock Grove, right? Are you thinking, you're thinking Skarsgård. Oh, I am, I am, I am. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, this is Peter Sars, not Skarsgård, Sarsgard. Oh, okay. Then I don't know who it is. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> Give us some so. credit. He's done a huge body of work. Okay, so he was in An Education with Carrie oh. Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Flight Plan. He was in oh. Jarhead, The Skeleton Key. Yes. He's in everything. He's just one of those character actors. He just flies under the radar. He does have kind of a creepy oh, look. Oh, he has such <laughs> a creep factor yeah. about him. And I think he would have done really well. But oh, okay. I just Googled him. He's in The Magnificent Seven, the new one with yes. Chris Pratt. Okay, That's I know right. who he is. That's right. Yeah. So I would have liked to have seen him in that role. I think he could have brought the full-on creep to that role. And again, I would love... He's such a great actor. I would have loved to have seen how he would have played off Sienna Miller and even Jake. Well, I've seen him in, he was in Jarhead with Jake Gyllenhaal okay. as well. But I would have liked to have seen that dynamic mm-hmm. with Sienna Miller as well. Like how that sort of chemistry would have played on screen. I think he would have done a really awesome job. Yeah, that's a good one. Cool. I think that would have fit. He wouldn't have st- stood out as much as NPH did, but like... I still, I get, I get it. It's like he does have that uh, that elegant creep factor that's just he does. And you know, maybe I, they obviously they wanted big names for the roles. I mean, it was well, Rosamund Pike wasn't a big name really at that point. She's pretty well known though. Maybe not in our circles here in North America, but oh. she's a very big English actor. She is okay because yeah. she's been in like at World's End and like oh man, I was I I had to look up her IMDb recently and she's done a lot of period, yeah, pieces. Pride and Prejudice. Um, and I think that might also be why part of her performance felt rigid to me is because yeah. she's not using her proper accent. Mm-hmm. Right. She did a film with Ryan Gosling. And uh, Anthony Hopkins, which I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of it right now. I know I should know. <laughs> but she kind of had that same vibe. And I think it has a lot to do with what Tony is saying. She's not using her proper accent. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, she probably has to think a lot more yeah. about what she's saying. And therefore, certain mannerisms might not come across. Maybe, yeah. That, that's what I find sometimes when you have actors who have to like suppress an accent. That's true. I'd never thought of that. Yeah. Even though she did amazing, it's just like when it comes to the psychotic scenes, she's amazing. But when yeah. it comes to like the scenes where she's supposed to be natural, it seems kind of rigid. Yeah. And I know that they try to portray her as a bitch character. It still just comes off as being like rigid and not as like flowy. Yeah, exactly. Unnatural. Yeah, yeah definitely. So those are my picks. Very nice. You like them? I love that you guys picked the same oh. Nick Dunn. Yeah, <laughs> we right. were we were on the same page. Right. Yeah, and now yeah. you can pick Maggie Gyllenhaal, right? It just works. <laughs> it does work. Yeah, totally. She's be great... able to do it too. It's oh, not just because they're yeah. siblings; like it would actually work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a great actress. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the the ratings for this movie, the IMDb rating is seventy nine percent, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it an eighty seven percent. So oh, wow. those critics liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't agree with us. 
or at least with me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the movie is good. I think David Fincher does a good job. I think it looks really good. Mm-hmm. It is a good adaptation. It's really just the casting in this. Oh, case. and the fact that they got Trent Reznor for the uh, soundtrack. Yes. yes. I'm like, yeah, he he can do that creepy kind of eerie mm-hmm. sound perfectly. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, he did a great job. Did you see um, True Detective? Yes. Did the, he do the, the soundtrack for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. He he did the soundtrack for that, and then he also did the so- soundtrack for Social Network, if you ever watched that one. Yeah. And he deserved that Oscar. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I was sitting there watching that, I was like, that's the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he's made that transition. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> From metal to, like, the big screen. So I was reading about how the movie was made, and Reese Witherspoon actually got the film rights for her production company, Pacific Standard, expecting that she would play Amy in yes. the film adaptation. Yeah. After David Fincher discussed his vision for the movie, then she withdrew, realizing that she wasn't the right person for the role. I'm glad that she withdrew, not, yeah. you know, because yeah. I could not see her in this. No. I, no. I love her, but yeah, that would not be a good no. fit. She's Elle Woods. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys uh, seen that they've greenlit number three really yeah oh boy it's true yeah yeah Elle Woods is not amazing Amy no mm-hmm. no. no no she's not she's amazing Elle Woods <laughs> that's right <laughs> and then I do have a few other like just little points I'm probably being petty because when I was reading through some of the trivia notes for the movie there were a few that were like let's say bashing ben affleck or just kind of talking about him not being great and uh I tell love us them. more exactly we love bashing ben affleck so those are all the ones that i wanted to talk about the character of nick was supposed to wear a yankees cap and ben affleck is a huge red sox fan mr boston and he refused he refused to wear a yankees cap they shut down production for four days uh, while they compromised and in the end he agreed to wear a Mets cap but he refused to wear the Yankees cap like I'm sorry what a baby he's an asshole sorry yeah. they I, shut down production for four days on this huge movie because he would not put a Yankees cap on his head a petty little bitch exactly. yeah exactly that's what I mean about him like it's that entitlement it's mm-hmm. that white it's man. the ego oh it's well yeah it's out of control it's an unearned ego though I don't know where it comes from. No, it's a super stoked ego. Let's face it. We all know where it comes from. He's definitely had his ego stroked way too many times. Sure. And now he's at the point of believing it. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. That's incredible. So for four days, the crew, people, yeah, people are, you know, losing money. Like, who cares about the rest of the crew, right? Yeah. That these people aren't earning their living. Not just that time, too, right? Because, like, a lot of the times for these crews, it's not super steady work. So a lot of them will have arranged. It's like, okay, well, production's supposed to end here. I'm going to start on this gig here, right? And that's how they make their living. And so for someone to hold up production by four days, you could screw someone over on their next job. Exactly. Absolutely. They might not be able to make that next job. And while I didn't find or look for the figure of how much he was paid, I'm sure it was enough that he could just put a stupid Yankees cap on his head and suck it up. Well, of course he's Ben Affleck. It's not like they're asking for like nudity or something. Oh, wait, he did. (laughs) Full frontal. Yeah. Both him and NPH. Did we get full frontal NPH? Oh, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Me too. Where was I? It's very bloody, but you definitely get to see full penis. Yeah, that was. I look for this thing. (laughs) You were looking for NPH full frontal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, guys. I I will say this about the whole Ben Affleck thing. I was like, I didn't want to see that. But I guess yeah. if that's your thing, if Ben Affleck's dong is your thing, then this is the movie for you. Absolutely. Well, we also didn't get a good look at it. 
or was my version you, you see enough yeah i saw enough i saw more than someone who's like really okay with full frontal and i think there needs to be more full frontal male nudity in film it's like okay <laughs> yeah that's true yay tony right? i agree <laughs> right <frontal>. right <laughs> yeah there's way too many times where women do it not enough men yeah absolutely i agree but people made a really big deal about the fact that you could see his penis mm-hmm. i know but i think it's funny now knowing this baseball cap thing because it's like he's willing to do that but not wear a fucking hat <laughs> yeah and this was the first time i don't know if there's been more but this was the first time that he did full frontal on screen okay so yeah exactly but no cap the actress who played Margot, Carrie Coon, there's a nine-year age difference between her and Ben Affleck in real life, and they're playing twins. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he was concerned about this age difference, so he opted that he should play Nick as being 30 years old. I think the IMDb trivia are user-submitted, and I'm just reading what was written. That makes zero sense to me. I don't even know what that means. He opted to play Nick as 30? You don't look 30, dude. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, but they definitely dyed his hair, right? Like, if you think about, like, the way that he looks in Batman, which came out, like, a year later, he's got almost full gray. He's Oh, like, does he? Yeah, he's got a lot of gray oh, in okay. um, Justice League, which came out, like, pretty much the next year, right? Okay. That also probably means that he spent way more time in makeup than he needed to, <laughs> so they could get rid of some of those lines, yeah, you know? Maybe. But, like... <laughs> That's probably all that means is that he probably was being way more picky about how he looked on screen. (laughs) But here's the thing, like, they look the same age. He looks the same age as Carrie Coon. I think they look the same age. I forgot they were twins. Is that mentioned in the movie? It is. Oh, it is. They call it twincest. Oh, that's right. In the airport. That's right. Which, yeah, it did seem like twincest. There was something weird going on there that I did not enjoy. If that is true, that really says something about how ridiculously vain he is. (laughs) <laughs> no seriously like yeah. who cares? he's a big man child <laughs> yeah yeah oh that fits in line with everything we know about Absolutely, ben Affleck. yeah <laughs> okay and then Come another- on, marriage is hard guys <laughs> i don't know if you guys remember that one <laughs> of course <laughs> oh no i think it was a month before that i might have my timelines wrong but i think it was in the show happy endings there was like a throwaway joke that uh somebody says well what marriage isn't hard and a character says ben affleck and jennifer garner those two have it figured out oh, no. <laughs> and then it was like a month later he's like marriage is hard <laughs> uh. <laughs> So yeah, that was funny timing. A weird thing that I found out too is Rosamund Pike used a Dora the Explorer doll to practice her sex scene with NPH. What? What? (laughs) She used a Dora the Explorer doll to practice her sex scene. No, I heard you. Okay. (laughs) I just didn't like logistics. Like, is this like a full size Dora the Explorer? Like, was she practicing slitting Dora's throat? Was that what this was? I have never seen a life size Dora the Explorer doll. I've also never looked for one. So I don't know the logistics of it. Why Dora? What did Dora do to her? Yeah. There's something extra, like, sinister about that. There's something really weird about that. Yeah, I don't get that connection. (laughs) Yeah, no, me neither. I just thought that was very strange and needed to be told. Now, I did look up some of the actresses that had been considered for Amy, and uh, Jessica Chastain was one. Oh, nice. Yeah, Charlize Theron. Oh, she's on my list. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Natalie Portman. Yeah! (laughs) Olivia Wilde and Emily Blunt. And Rooney Mara. Okay, I can see those two as well. Yeah, I thought of Charlize Theron was on my list as well. Yeah. Mostly because I just watched Atomic Blonde, but like. (laughs) Yeah. But she could do it. Oh, yeah. She'd be great. 
And then um, John Hamm was seriously considered for Nick. Also on my list. <laughs> you know what? I actually had him on my list as well. Nice. I almost cast him as Nick, but I felt like we needed a bigger name. And I just think that Jake Gyllenhaal is obviously a better actor. See, I pulled him from my list because I, I was looking at his age versus who I was looking at with like Natalie Portman. I was like, mm-hmm. he's significantly older. Mm. Yes. Which there's nothing wrong with that. He's a very handsome man. But like, I just didn't feel like he'd be able to do it. But I definitely thought that he would have the ability to play that role. Although I just love him more in comedy than anything. That's the thing. Like, he never even crossed my mind because I really do, I guess, think of him as a comedic actor because that's probably just more of what I've seen of his work. But as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, I like it. John Hamm would be great. See, I was thinking about his, um, he's in an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, okay. Um, so he did the Christmas special. Really? Black Mirror. (laughs) When he's really creepy in that. He's creepy and charismatic at the same time in that. And so it's like, I was like, oh, he could pull this off. But then I was like, nope, the age gap to me is just too, too much. And I don't like doing that where it's like, it's done way too often where you have such an older guy with such a younger, like, woman. And it's just like, I just don't like that. What Hollywood is- does it way too much. Yeah. yeah, I agree. What is the age difference between John Hamm and Natalie Portman? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> but it's like a decade or so. It's about that because oh. she's in her late 30s and he's in his 50s, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought of him because of if you've seen him in that show that he did with Daniel Radcliffe, they play doctors right. in it. He's definitely, he he hits those darker notes. So okay. I think he could have he done it. Is it a TV show with Daniel Radcliffe? Or is it a movie? It was a TV show that they did, yeah. Okay. But okay. it's actually really good. It's excellent. If you can get your hands on it, I would recommend it 100%. It's great. It's the Young Doctors something or other. I can't find my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking, Lucia, and okay. I will... Uh, I'll, I'll fill for time. All right. What's your other trivia you found? <laughs> oh, Brad Pitt was also considered for Nick, <laughs> as you mentioned. I didn't look at any of these. I just apparently I was in the same mindset. <laughs> so You're on fire, Tony. <laughs> I have two more potential Nicks, but one of them is really strange. Um, first is Ryan Reynolds, who... Oh. I, no. I don't love it, but I, I could see it. I think he has the charisma side, but not the creep side. Yeah. And then the other one is Seth Rogen. I feel like that was a typo. A young doctor's notebook. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. I think you guys missed that. Seth Rogen was considered to play Nick Dunn. (laughs) No, he wasn't. Right. What? I I feel like it was a typo. I must have read it wrong. But uh, yeah. Like, what? You know what? I guess. (laughs) No. He's not Nick Dunn. Because like. No. My I guess is I know that comedians sometimes play the best dark characters, but that's not the dark character, right? Like, I almost think in that mindset, it's like it'd be interesting to see like Kristen Wiig in like the role of Amy. Yeah. But because it's like if you think about like Robin Williams in Insomnia or One Hour Photo or like yeah. Jim Carrey in the number 23, okay. the reason they're funny is they have something very dark that they <laughs> dwell on. And that's kind of what a lot of comedy is. And so it's like I could see certain comedians pull it off, but. Seth Rogen? No, I can't see that. He doesn't fit the part physically. I like him a lot, but he's charisma is not really a word I would use for him. Yeah, just every single thing about him does not fit Nick no. Dunn. I feel like he'd be shouting all his lines all the time, like <laughs> shouting at everybody. And look very yeah. confused <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that one really blew my mind. <laughs> uh, I did not see any of these. 
I saw them all on That's IMDb. amazing. Okay. So that's all I have in terms of trivia. I don't know if anybody else found anything. I have no trivia. Okay. No. No, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not required. And it's time for one more break before we get to our Tony Danza segment. I mentioned earlier that the Alberta Podcast Network is powered by ATB. For those of you who don't know, ATB stands for Alberta Treasury Branches, and it's a financial institution here in Alberta. But there's so much more than that, too. They also have the ATB Arts and Culture Branch. If you're an artist, you know that banking can be difficult because your income isn't really traditional. So ATB's new Arts and Culture Branch was built for you. You can finally get your banking done in a way that works for you and the industry you work in. The ATB Arts and Culture Branch is opening in Calgary and Edmonton in the next few months. Stay tuned. And now, back to our show. So now we will go on to our segment. Our next segment. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. Yay. (laughs) The segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So we'll let our guest go first, Tony. I actually had this written down because I'd wanted Tony Danza to kind of fit in with what I already had. Not so much like, because I know occasionally you guys will go, oh, I'd put him in like Nick Dunn or something. But I was like, I can't really see him for that one. But I saw him more as Tanner Bolt. That's who I put too. Right? Like as much as I think Tyler Perry did a really good job in that role, Mm -hmm. like he definitely made that role really well. I honestly think if I was to put Tony Danza somewhere in here, I would put him there. Yeah. That's awesome. That's also who Old I Old Tony Danza as well. Because I think him like laughing at Nick Dunn when he <laughs> hears the story about the conniving wife. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, like, I could see him really like working that. Yeah, I love it. So I cast Tony as Amy's dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I wanted him to be amazing Amy's dad. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I, I put him. I didn't nice. even think of him for Tanner Bolt. That was the first one I thought of. Okay. Speaking of Tanner Bolt, I have not seen Tyler Perry in anything up until this movie. I've heard of him. I know he does Medea stuff and like he has a lot of shows on TBS that they would always kind of joke around that he has every show on TBS. But yeah, I didn't know him. I didn't know what he looked like. I'd never seen any of his stuff. And when I found out that that was him, I was really shocked because I thought all he does is silly comedy and he was great. I really liked him. Yeah, he was good. I I was surprised because I usually, I know him as Medea. (laughs) So. Medea Goes to Jail is my favorite, all right? (laughs) (laughs) So when I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, he can play like a more serious kind of role. He was fun. I enjoyed him. Cool. Okay. I think he did rock that. Yeah. Considering he did Ninja Turtles terribly. Fucking Michael Bay. (laughs) He did? Yeah, he plays, I'm a huge nerd about this, so there's a character <laughs> in Ninja Turtles who turns into a fly Okay. in the second Ninja Turtle one, Michael Bay Ninja Turtle one. He's that character, but they don't turn him into the fly. They just make him, he's the doctor who makes Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, okay. I have not seen any of these these Ninja Turtle movies. <sighs> I saw the first one. Okay. Because I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I'm a big Ninja Turtle fan, and I was like, I'm going to watch this. And I loved Bebop and Rocksteady, but everything else was garbage. <laughs> wow. I mean, I loved those horrible 90s Ninja Turtle movies. Hells, yes. <laughs> Turtles in time. <laughs> I missed this whole Ninja Turtle phase. <laughs> it's okay. You don't need to go back. It's all good. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's everything for us today. Right now, we will just ask Tony to give us his plugs. 
All right, so uh, I'm the host of a film review podcast called Flix X-Raid. Um, you can find me on iTunes, Google Play, any of your major podcatcher apps. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Flix X-Raid with the capital F and capital X uh, if you want to follow me on any of my socials. Nice. Yeah, do follow him. I love your Twitter page. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, and then for us, you can find us at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Repodcasting. And don't forget to email us your suggestions. Please email us. Yeah, we're getting desperate now. It's kind of sad. (laughs) (laughs) Why should we have to come up with all these movies? We need help. (laughs) Yeah. But speaking of coming up with all these movies, um, our movie for next month, well, it's not a movie. What we've decided to do is a Star Wars special. (laughs) Yeah. So we are going to recast Hayden Christensen in the prequel movies and Alden Ehrenreich, I hope I'm saying that correctly, in the solo movie. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We're going to stir up some fanboy shit Probably. in the star wars world <laughs> not really if you're recasting those two i'm pretty sure everyone's gonna be okay with it <laughs> yeah they'll be on board yeah yeah those are the only two that we want to touch everything else we're cool with good okay not even jar jar come on <laughs> no no we just want to remove jar jar we don't need to recast him <laughs> okay. well tony thanks for joining us yeah, no worries thank you this was super fun and thanks for setting us up in your studio this Yay. studio is a dream We literally recorded an episode today in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a podcaster's dream for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks very much, Tony. Yeah, no worries, guys. And thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.